Welcome to Curious Salma. My guest today is Ahmed Ali. Ahmed is a construction professional by trade who is passionate about making an impact in the world. He established an organization called Drew a Smile in the UK to make an impact in the lives of those less fortunate in Egypt. Currently, Ahmed is an operation manager for a global humanitarian charity. I've asked him to be a guest on my podcast after taking part in his great initiative, Draw, Draw a Smile, in Dubai. So glad he could join me today. Hi, Ahmed. Hi, Salma. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, very glad I got to talk to you because I'm very curious about a lot of things concerning your initiative. So let's start by the begin in the beginning. When did it start? Why did it start? And how's it going right now? So Draw Smiles my little baby it was born in 2009 so let me just go back a little bit and i am originally egyptian born and raised in the uk in london and as any egyptian uh, young child born in london goes to egypt every summer to see his family i used to see the children in the streets coming up to you looking for pennies you know trying to beg just to get any kind of money they can Uh, elderly people the same age as my grandfather or grandmother on the streets on their walking stick selling tissues just to earn an income and year on year I'd see the same and if anything every year I'd see more of them so I always felt like this is very unfair you know I'm in a nice car in the AC where there's other children outside in the heat trying to earn a living so I felt like this is not fair I want to do something about it So I decided in 2009, when I started my career, that خلاص, it's time to do something. Um, so on the 23rd of October 2009, we had our first ever uh, meeting. We didn't; it wasn't even called Draw Smile. It was just an initiative. I I did a uh, a Facebook event and you know sent it to my friends and said, "Hey, I'm going to do a meeting on Friday. If anyone wants to join." come and join and let's see what we can do to make an impact and from that meeting every day every friday we we would meet to decide and figure out what's the next steps and alhamdulillah yani we've had a lot of yani we came up with the idea of the name we came up with suggestions we came up with okay we need to register in the uk what are we going to do in egypt how are we going to collect funds what are we you know like what's the whole process all of this when i was like 19 i think at the time i'm like you know i don't know anything about setting up a charity but that's how it started initially moving forward a little bit i went to egypt to figure out what kind of things can be done i got connected with a lot of friends as you know mutual friends i did an event in egypt or just like a networking event to find out more about what's needed on the ground how we can actually help made some very good connections with friends who are now my brothers that that have been you know we're very we're very close now i've worked with them over the last 10 years or so uh, doing different projects in egypt and yeah i'd say and alhamdulillah we've we've achieved quite a bit alhamdulillah considering we were only volunteers and we didn't have a you know like any paid uh, employees and all of this was done in the evenings and weekends and you know any any spare time that we had what made you go into community service kind of or or, or have a passion for it Were your parents involved in during when you were raised uh, doing community service, whether in Egypt or in the UK, or how did it come about? Good question. 
I don't actually know. I wouldn't say it's from my parents. I mean, like my dad would always tell me when I'm growing up, you know, to always think about, you know, other people and so on. I think it's I've just always had this urge inside of me to always want to help someone, uh, even if I'm, you know, riding a bus or whatever, you know, always let the person go ahead of me, open the door for someone. So for me, I've always it's always been instilled in me to help someone it doesn't matter who they are how old they are you know what color skin they are just just help someone and a random act of kindness is something i strongly believe in and this is how you build relationships with people and it's a mutual thing that everyone understands in any language so to answer your question not specifically but i was always like for example even in school at a young age I didn't really like football. I used to go to the li- to the library in school and help the librarian put the books back and organize the book. I'm a very active person, but I but you know, I always felt that I'm not your standard student or your standard child that just likes to go play and waste time and so on. I always felt like actually I want to do something efficient with my time. You were kind of a social nerd, you could say. Yes, I've always been a social butterfly. Yani social nerd, social butterfly. Yani call me whatever. <laughs> so the, when I joined you here uh, in Draw a Smile, which I found by coincidence through an app that I check for sports usually, and I found it and I was like, I really wanted to do something, uh, community service and volunteering because it's been a while. But for me, the story comes from, I think, since I was a child. My parents usually made me uh, do volunteering in the beginning, but then I liked it too much and I kept on go- doing it throughout school and college. And as you know, like community service, very different stuff. It doesn't have to be charity, but like volunteer. They used to tell us that when I was young, they used to tell us that volunteering time is much more worth and difficult than volunteering money. And uh, when I was young, I had a lot of time, so I didn't think of it that much that volunteering time is that big of a deal. But now because of how hard and hectic life gets as you're as you're becoming an adult you find that trying to take the, a few hours from your schedule every week is is something really worth it you know and it's not that easy it's kind of challenging so i was very impressed that you've done that community it it was clear to me that you already have great networking skills because you were able to get all of these people from different nationalities and and backgrounds and also like seeing the young kids with their parents coming to you know take part in that charity activity or volunteering activity is great i want you to tell the listeners what happens every weekend when we all meet like take them through the process i can go back to how it first started and then go through where we are now so i used to work in construction uh, when i first moved to dubai 5 years ago my first project oh i arrived in may june so the the peakest the peak of the of the hot season in dubai and i worked on site with the workers and i just felt how tiring and how hot it is uh, or the, like the circumstances that they work in i mean they they do have a couple of hours in the peak times in the summer where they don't work uh, it's rest period you know until it cools down a bit but me you know me being their supervisor i used to go out on site for for a couple of you know maybe 15 20 minutes and I'd be soaked, I'd be exhausted, I'd be want to go back into the AC at any time whereas these guys work for 12 hour days, they work extremely hard, yet I always felt like oh you know what if I right now I could do with a nice cold bottle of water. And that then led me to start the Cool Day Summer initiative which is basically let's get some bottles of water that cost 
one dirham or say one pound or one dollar or 50 cents and give it to someone doesn't you don't have to know them you can just you know it, when it's hot you just want that first sip of cold water that's where the idea of cool their summer came from and alhamdulillah we've We've distributed in one year 30,000 bottles of water slash juice to people all over the UAE. Literally, we'd meet up every Saturday, load the water from the fridges, and then go distribute to the gardeners on the streets, the car wash drivers, the construction workers, and just seeing the smile on the faces, yani, it's priceless. So, so it started off as just giving water. And then recently, we started saying, you know what? Let me find, why don't we do hot meals as well and actually, you know, make uh, a proper meal out of it. So uh, we collaborate with a couple of partners. Uh, so we have a partner in Ajman that actually supplies the meals for us. So our total pack is around seven dirhams. It's a hot meal, a bottle of water, a laban, fresh laban, uh, dates, biscuits, a pack of fruit, and then... We've been doing this constantly now for 37 weeks so far, and we've we've packed 11 and a half thousand meals, and then we've distributed them. So basically, every Sunday where I met you for the first time, Selma, however people hear of them, Alhamdulillah, it's grown, and we've had a lot of new people join recently. We we meet up. I I sort out all of the items that we're going to distribute. We have volunteers that pick up the meals from Sharjah. We have uh, people that go buy the apples or the oranges, people that go buy the biscuits. We all meet in one location on Sunday. And then we start organizing two sets of workstations where we where we stack all the items, 150 on each station, so 300 in total. We stack them up and then I go through a briefing at the beginning just to tell people, just thanking people for spending their time on their weekend, telling them what the plan is, what goes into each bag. And then once we finish the bags, then we explain about the distribution. People go in their own cars with their children or whoever they're with, with their friends, and take a, a, a portion of packs and they go distribute it to car wash drivers, gardeners, security personnel, basically anyone that they think is needy for these meals. And uh, how many volunteers join now in on average? Last week we had around 25. It was quite it was quite a busy one. We had almost I'd say six or seven children under the age of like nine or I'd say ten. So it's been great seeing elderly people come, you know, youngsters, children, basically all walks of life, all religions, all backgrounds, all cultures, all coming together to help people that they don't know. told me that you kind of left construction world and now you're into the humanitarian world and you're working as an operation manager what made you go through that change and how is it going actually i've always wanted to work in a humanitarian organization in an official capacity when i say official i mean i actually earn a salary out of it because as you know everyone needs to earn a salary to survive and move on with their life and so on I wanted to do that when I was in the UK. I actually started volunteering with different entities and charities. And I actually wanted to work for a charity full-time, but I didn't find anything at that time. Recently, here in Dubai, I got made redundant from my construction job a couple of years ago before COVID. And then I did a couple of freelancing uh, work with students in, in, in the education field. And then 
subhanallah this opportunity came up from a connection that i knew in the humanitarian field we bumped into each other in the elevator i told him that hey you know do you have anything i'm still you know i'm still looking for something in the field next week I had an, a couple of interviews and here I am. So it feels great to be able to work full time in the field that I'm passionate about and actually do it on a bigger scale and a more professional scale. Because, you know, you have compliance, you have finance, you actually have teams in every sector. Whereas withdraw smile, it's literally one person trying to do everything at the same time. Fala, it's 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 great. Alhamdulillah. I mean, I'm in I'm into my two and a half months at the moment, so I'm fairly new, but I'm picking things up. I'm looking after Asia, Africa, and the Middle East at the moment. So I've got a big, you know, a lot of countries that fall under me. But it's great that the business behind it is doing good. You know, sometimes when I when I was in construction, I was like, do I care? You know, they're making, okay, the company's making hundreds, thousands of dollars. Okay, wow, you know, like, I don't care. But so now, okay, now we're actually making, you know, we're, we're supporting families in different countries. We're, we're, it's All of our numbers is how many wells did we do? How many orphans did we support? You know, what sustainable projects have we done? For that, for me, is an amazing change. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, you can probably tell that I'm excited about this i recently came back from togo uh, i was i was on uh, in the field uh, in togo and you know seeing things on tv seeing things on social media is completely different to being on the ground and seeing it for yourself so yani alhamdulillah i would say that my last 50, 20 years of volunteering and charity work and humanitarian field you know, have paid off for me to be actually in a global organization and being able to make a, dif- uh, a difference on a, on, a, on a global scale. So it must feel great that volunteering and everything that you were doing kind of for free is also paying off because, not, because now you're using the actual knowledge in you, into your new position, right? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I've always told people that no matter what you do in life, there will always be learnings that you will take wherever you go. Because a lot of people think, oh, I've never actually had a job. You don't need to have a job to have lessons. Life throws at you lessons left, right, and center. Every single person of us has gone a different journey, has seen different things. So every person's experiences has a meaning that you can learn from and use it to take you forward somehow. So I'm curious now about the source of wisdom behind all your words. Like you seem... (laughs) You seem to know a lot, or like you, you speak like a true, you know, someone who's seen and witnessed a lot of things in life. But I know you're a young person in front of me. So I'm, I'm, not, how, I mean, how, I'm 35 did, now. Did so. you get all of that wisdom? From, so, <laughs> but do you get that from reading, or do you get that from just experiencing and observing life? Or so, good question. So, one thing, one secret I'll tell you is I don't like reading unfortunately, unless it's for something that I'm passionate about. So actually, the, the, the first book I ever read like that interested me and I actually bought was Leaving Microsoft to Save the World. Uh, I don't know if, if you've heard of it, but wow. it was a Microsoft executive that left 
Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. He set an organization called Room for Read. So he's setting up libraries and schools and stuff in Nepal and all over the world. But I just found that so interesting because I could relate to it that I was like, you know what? If I if I was in a well-paid job, I know that I'd want to leave it to do something like that. So to go back and answer your question, to be honest, I don't know. I guess it's just seeing the different things that I've seen on the ground in Egypt and in, in Greece with the refugees in Zanzibar with the orphans in Togo. I'd say my life experiences generally have made me see and and just say, you know what, we are so grateful no matter what we're going through. We, we are blessed and whatever issues that we, we think we have are not issues compared to what other people are going through. I think all of that has made me into the person I am now and just made me say, you know what, let's just do it. So what are you curious about, Ahmed? I think I'm always curious about, like, because I'm an operations guy and I'm a very practical guy, I, I always keep, I'm always curious about what's around me, what's happening, why is that road closed, what are they doing there, you know, where's that light coming from, you know, like little things that I don't, I don't realize I am until when I go back, I actually know a lot of things that I didn't think I know. So I'm good with directions. I would always remember, you know, what I saw, you, you know, like little things like that. Like you're, you're good with names, I could tell, because I was like really surprised that you see lots of new faces and you remember the names of everyone. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> so it's it's <laughs> happened a lot of times where I call people different names or uh, I know them, I say hi, but then I'm like, uh, what's your name again? I can't remember your name or I can't remember who happens. you, you know. I still don't remember the names of some of my colleagues and I've been there for two and a half months. <laughs> uh, okay, fair enough. And I wanted to ask you, but I think I know the answer, if you're an introvert or an extrovert. <laughs> I am a very social butterfly that people tell me that you need to have a break from seeing so many people. You need to tune it down. Because, yeah, I mean, I've always been, I wouldn't say always, I'd say since I was a teenager, I've always been, I, I love people. I love interacting with people. I love supporting people. I love just people's company. I love doing things with people i don't like things i don't like doing things alone mm, i have that in common with you i think the extrovertism <laughs> like I'm, I'm an extrovert an extreme extrovert to the extent that when i do the test like are you an introvert an ambivert or an extrovert i'm like always like 80 85 percent extrovert although i wish i can have it less so extrovert means that you don't go out or like you don't meet people a lot and you don't like extrovert is like extreme social like oh like, okay so i'm an extrovert person, likes networking nice okay you are an extrovert like it's it's written on your cover <laughs> i always if, if i read a book by its cover you're... i always get confused about the the introvert and the extrovert extra extrovert ah okay yeah <laughs> i i, I am extra it. yeah yeah that's yeah <laughs> i'm too extra sometimes yeah, yeah. so uh, I'm an extrovert surrounded by introverts. Most of my friends are introverts. So it's always like a sitcom between us because the differences in how we perceive things, uh, uh, our relationships, uh, you know, like for me, I like to have as many friends as I can. You know, I like meeting new people and, and making new and new circles of friends, right? But introverts, on the other hand, they prefer to have like really close connection, close-knit circle of one or two friends, stuff like that. It's always funny. So I think that's why being an extrovert is very helpful for you in this situation because you're, you do something that requires an incredible amount of energy. Like I have done some community service initiatives in Egypt in the past, 
when I was student as well, I think this is when you're always like super active and you want to do most stuff active period. You feel like your your idealism is like I I can save the world or I can change the world and stuff like that. So I've been in that phase and I can tell you it was a lot of work. It was a lot of energy. So I can just imagine you with having like a full time job and a family and all and doing all that amount of work. You need to be an extrovert. Otherwise, you will just like get burned out from the first day, you yes, know, even so I think even extroverts, even extroverts get burned out, bur- burned out. Right. Like, I, I'm sure like not every single weekend you're up for chatting with 20 different people. Right. Um, no, I could. <laughs> so so <laughs> I think you. I, I think my friends have always told me that, you know, because. Yani, with them, for example, I'm like, yeah, let's just let's organize a social gathering. They're like, yeah, but your social gatherings are like 20, 30 people. You know, we want something small. I was like, what is small to you guys? They're like five. I'm like, yeah, but five's kind of boring. I mean, I know it's more intimate, but for me, I like, you know, I like bringing people together. I like, you know, we have our social gatherings where we, you know, I like people to network, you know, have opportunities to meet new people and so on. So, no, Belax, I, I always say that I wouldn't mind meeting people all day, every day. But I must say that recently I figured that actually I need to give myself some time just to rest. Because apart from meeting people, I have my social media pages, my WhatsApps. Uh, yani, it's a full-time job to you know manage a group of like 450 people in different countries. For, yani, it, it is exhausting, but I love it. I mean, I've always whenever I'm doing anything I'm passionate about, I could go 24 hours doing it without feeling tired because I'm passionate about it because time just flies when you're having fun, as they say. But recently, I'd say, no, recently I've been saying that I need to give myself some time, recharge a little bit, and then, you know, start again. Exactly. Like even, that's my point, is even extroverts are all about making connections and talking to people also get to have to need downtime as i said i'm an extrovert and uh, before covid is is something completely different than after covid like before covid for me i always preferred as you said the long the the very big numbers the 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 crowd the party the all of that stuff but i think something changed after covid where i'm like now there's some balance i wouldn't say like i, I still haven't got back to like being around people in a mall or in a party and feeling normal about it i'm always like there's something wrong happening <laughs> but but also like enjoying the company of, of a fewer people that wasn't there before like now i like hanging out with two three people or having one-to-one meetings between me and my friends i'm not sure if this is covid or adulting getting into <laughs> your 30s i think it's a mix I'm of not both sure. maybe a bit of both yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. pretty sure since we were talking about your career and the career shifts and all, what is the most important lesson you've learned over your career? Be patient. Always strive to be the best you can. Do your best. Actually, one important thing that I think is you know, the case until now with when I talk to my friends is just be a good person because we live in a world now where it's dog-eat-dog and everyone just wants to, you know, people make you work your butt off and then they don't appreciate it they don't say thank you they just treat you as if you're just a number you know you work crazy hours they expect you to work outside of your working hours weekends just to get the job done it's like guys this is not fair you need to look after your mental health you need to you know put 
put a time limit and say, خلاص, I'm finished for, to, for the day. The work is never going to end. One thing I, I, you know, one piece of advice I would say is look after yourself. It's very important because you are going to burn out a lot quicker if you don't. And I think this is what I've been telling my friends recently that, have, you know, when I ask my friends, oh, how's work going? They're working till 9, 10, 11 p.m. sometimes, working weekends. I'm like, this is not healthy for anyone. And no workplace should expect this from their employees. So I say the biggest lesson that I've learned personally is to, you know, work hard, be a good person, but also know when to switch off and take your break, you know, like think about yourself, take your own personal time off to concentrate on whatever it is you want to do after work, go out for a walk, go to the gym, uh, do whatever you want to do, but take a break from, you know, your full-time work that's taken over your your head have you ever experienced burnout yourself i mean i know what it means but i don't know how it feels so i don't know whether it is burnout but i do remember just being so exhausted after like a long weekend where it was literally non-stop we went hiking and then there was a run and then i was supporting some friends and then it was the work the next day uh, fayani i think for me burnout is When I get home, I literally just knock out. But for me, that happens a lot. So I wouldn't say it's burnout. I think it's just extreme tiredness from being so active. I wish I could say the same. <laughs> <laughs> But for for me, burnout, uh, I think the example I have in mind is specifically related to work. And it's just what you said you've been advising your friends to do. Otherwise, they would get burnout. And... The thing with me is when I get burnout, unfortunately, it doesn't take just a weekend or five days, a few days of rest and taking a break from work. No, it takes months oh, to okay. to get back to your own self. So that's a serious burnout. Yeah, burnout is kind of a bitch <laughs> because it, there are signs you could tell that you're becoming exhausted. As you said, you work late hours. Uh, there is no kind of like uh, the lines between work and life are kind of blurry, you know. Yeah. And and you don't you feel like your weekends when they come you don't want to hang out you don't want to do stuff you're just really tired and then you go to work the next day and you feel still tired it's an you're ongoing not refreshed. Cycle. It's an ongoing cycle of exhaustion and it it will show at work for instance if you work in a creative field you'll feel like you don't have the creative creativity yeah. the tasks that takes from you a short amount of time to do you're not able to do them they take longer you know you're not able to do your work properly. So you feel bad. Yes. You feel worse because you're not doing your work properly. So it affects your mental health. And it's a whole cycle, as you just said. Ah, this is exactly, sorry to interrupt, but this is exactly what I was just telling my friend yesterday when we were walking on Kite Beach is that, yes, I understand that you have a lot of work to do. And if you don't reach deadlines and there's no one else to do it, but then when you burn yourself out, you're not going to be available for work for a while, you know, so, so. Companies or people need to understand that actually, no, you do need to take regular breaks. You need to think, you know, you need to know or you need to start putting like an alarm signal for yourself that when you're starting to think that actually, you know, I'm going to burn out, you stop it as soon as possible. Because like you said, it you ca it can be a, a cycle that once you get yeah. in, it's very difficult to get out. And, un exactly. and unfortunately, no one will ever know you're burnt out more than yourself because you're the one that's feeling it. Exactly. Like I was talking to my friend phone on, on, on uh, 
another episode in the podcast and she said that the one of the most important skills as much as time management for you at work is energy management and knowing uh, your energy uh, how you know knowing what you can take and what you cannot and being the one the gatekeeper you know for your own self to not taking on projects whether at work as i said or even initiatives volunteering stuff that you cannot i'm i'm just telling you because out of experience like i have experienced burnout because i kept thinking and thinking and i thought like my adhd doesn't say no so i like i you know i go on an yes, impulse yes, and I'm yes, like yes, yeah yes, i can yes, do yes, everything yeah, yeah. yeah right <laughs> and then yeah th- so i think it comes with experience there is no other way like yeah no i i i completely i completely agree with that and i think one important thing to over overcome that is having a mentor or having a a buddy a friend that you rely on that you can tell him hey you know what i would like you to tell me off when i work too late for example or yani just to be there you know like a buddy like a buddy system where that person is your constant annoying friend that's like hey stop working khalas go you know go take a break go go for a walk let's you know watch a movie or whatever it is so i've recently been doing that with a couple of friends and i think it 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 makes a difference and and this is what i've been doing on my social media pages as well for the last 5 years now i've been sharing a positive quote every single day you scroll on social media and you see so much stuff that is useless waste of time and drains you i'm like why why is there nothing positive something that says you know what yeah this is a nice boost so from that i started my 365 days of inspiration initiative which has which has now lasted 5 years and it's still ongoing where it's literally just posting a positive quote every day uh and just getting random messages from people that i don't even know saying you know what this really resonated with me today i really needed to hear that thank you it's doing something small that can make a big impact that you don't know anything about you know f- for me that's like that's doing my little bit uh, for the community but ahmed what if you woke up one day and you don't feel inspired i, I hey, don't jinx I woke it. up on the wrong <laughs> No, I'm just I'm just wondering how you could keep such a habit because I, I don't know like for me I think I'm 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 an emotional person and it took me a long time to start to accept that and not look at it as a flow and that means that one day or a few days or a few weeks I would be a ray of sunshine positive as you said I want to do stuff I want to change the world but sometimes I would feel really down I can't keep things up I can't keep posting on my uh, podcast social media. I can't keep, you know, everything flowing. My energy is low. So I started I'm still in the very beginning of like accepting that, like not beating myself too hard if I couldn't do that, you know? And just saying, "Okay, it's fine. Your energy is not a linear thing." Yeah, no, absolutely. But but I think it's important for you to find out what it is that's making you yani that's dragging you down and then trying to th- think about what i can do to go back up because yeah you you know you know yourself when you're at your peak or when you're excited about something um so to answer your question i don't actually know yani alhamdulillah i think this is something that's i don't know yani 
I think actually because I'm a premature baby, I came out seven months, uh, two months early. So I was born mm. after seven months. Uh, I've always been an active, you know, guy that just wants <laughs> to like get things done. So I think it's in my DNA. Um, wow. I think, but no. Get it done. Just yeah, just get it done. Yani, I've always been, uh, I've always been an advocate for doing things. Yani, supporting people, uh, inspiring people, encouraging people. Uh, my, my my slogan that I've that I've had for like the last fifteen years is "Together we can." So it's it's with people. I mean, I can't do everything. You can't do everything. Someone else can't do everything, but I can do my bit. You do your bit. Someone else does their bit. Together, we can actually make a big. You know, we can make a big impact. Ahmed, running running for president. It's just like <laughs> yes, we can. This yes, we can. <laughs> uh, no, but I'm guessing the other the other thing is because you mentioned sports and how active you are, and I think I've noticed this in my friends in college is that the ones who who were used to sports as they grow up are much more disciplined usually so into like you know keeping tracks and you know achieving their goals let's say uh, so the sports the sports area as well for me is fairly new uh, i was never really into sports i was actually one of those lazy ones that you know what i wasn't really interested i don't like football up until i started using sports as a tool for my charity work So I was like, you know what? I know what motivates me. I know what I'm passionate about. So why don't I merge the two together and and do something? So I actually launched a campaign called Get Fit for a Cause when I used to live in Qatar, where I was I was supporting a refugee refugees in a refugee camp, and that gave me the motivation to get up in the morning for 6 a.m. and go to a boot camp session every morning. And then I started getting addicted to it. That I used to go twice a day for months and then I started running and then I was asked by uh, someone that I met uh, in a volunteering initiative hey my daughter has a rare disease uh, and we'd like to raise awareness for her can you help I was like yeah absolutely I'll run a marathon I was like what the hell's a marathon you know like I don't even I've wow. never run 42 <laughs> kilometers wow but yeah and I and in 2008 I did that alhamdulillah I, I ran my first marathon I use sports I merged my passion with sports and I used sports to encourage my friends to get off their backsides mainly uh, and show people that, you know what, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be an athlete to get into sports. You can just get up every day, go for a, a five minute walk. It doesn't matter what it is you do. Just be consistent, start moving. And, and that's all that matters. You know, when you when you wake up early, when you do sports, you get even more energized I think generally, as you said, you don't need to be an athlete to get into sports. And that's very impressive here when I see communities trying to do stuff together. Again, the social element, just as you said, I like doing sports if it's a social game much more. And that's why I enjoy volleyball. I enjoy stuff that you don't do with a group more than just walking on my own on a treadmill. That's so boring for me. Uh, Ahmed, I want to ask you now, what's one question you wish that I had asked you and how you would have, you would have answered? I honestly don't know. Maybe... What's if someone listens to this and feels like they want to they want to start to do something, but they don't know what to do actually because I get that a lot. Hmm. So I'm gonna answer it. <laughs> sure. I always tell people, just start. 
It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter how small it is. It doesn't have to be so big. And this is where my whole together we can concept comes in because some people tell me, hey, I, you know, I work full time. I don't have that much time, but maybe I can support with getting you some biscuits, for example. Uh, but some people are like, hey, I'm sorry. I, you know, I can't support you with getting items, but I can come and help you with my time. And I always tell people, everyone compliments each other. Those that have, you know, the means to help physically, those that have the means to help through their company, for example, or through their connections, every single person can help no matter what their financial situation is, their physical situation is, their, yani, their mental situation is. Every single one of us has the means to do something, no matter how small it is. And I think my message to listeners would be start, just get on with it. Don't stop contemplating so much and stop thinking oh, about what if and just try it. If you need some assistance, feel free to get in touch. Uh, I'm always happy to help people. I, I have my, my social media pages are always public for this reason because I'm actually, I always share to people and say, hey, if you need help, if you need a running buddy, if you want to start and you don't know, I can connect you with someone. I mean, I don't have the answers to everything, but I like helping people and I like to give people advice that I would have done. And then if it's more serious and they need to speak to someone, you know, on a professional level or something like that, then I'll, I'll always connect them with that. I never, you know, I, I, I would never guide someone incorrectly. Uh, if I don't know, I'll say I don't know, but I'll always give them the lesson that I've learned uh, from. But yeah, so, so, so I'd say that's my main message for, for the listeners. Just get on. It doesn't have to be, you know, 20%, 50%. It can be 1%. 1% every single day can make a big difference moving forward. I think that's inspiring. Like, um, I have to be honest with you. Like, a lot of the motivational stuff, I think, are cliches in nature sometimes. Yeah. But this, this is something that I can fully get behind and support what, what you just said. Because when I first joined your initiative, for instance, the inner voice in my head was thinking just 150 meals. I'm, I'm being honest with you. Like we're doing all of this fuss for 150 <laughs> meals and we're taking selfie, a photo, and we're like making a big deal out of it because I think um, I'm sometimes, and this is, this hinders progress. Like thinking about the outcome, it has to be big. It has to be monumental. It has to do like a real change in the world, you know, but as you said, the 1% can be something. And, I think I've, I've mentioned this to you earlier is that I was doing it more for me than for like, you know, volunteering and helping people. I feel like I wanted to be useful and I wanted to feel like I can help others again, the ones that I feel like there is not much I can do to help their situation. So I was doing it first for me. And then by keeping it a habit, I feel like, yes, maybe bit by bit, as you said, step by step, we're actually doing something and helping others. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think, and, and this is exactly where, uh, what I meant by doing your 1%. So when I first started Raw Smile and I had my first ever event, I was, my dream was to support every person in need around the world. Uh, and everyone was like, oh, you're only 19, 20. What are you going to be able to do? My answer to that is very simple. Help one person. I've made a difference in the world. 
I, I've helped one family properly. I would rather help one, you know, one person fully properly and get them off, off the streets and, and, and out of poverty than help a thousand people, uh, you know, 50-50, for example. So I always tell people, you know, you don't have to, you, you're not going to be able to do, you're not going to be able to achieve and help a million people if you don't start by one. Start by one, start by two. So 37 weeks ago, when we first started the the, the campaign, we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't have reached 11 and a half thousand where we are right now if we didn't start with our first 100, and then we increased it to 200, and then we increased it to 300. Everything starts with baby steps, and uh, remember, together we can. I feel like this is, and I'm running for president, and you can find me on this. <laughs> Follow my social media page on blah, 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 blah. Speaking of which, uh, where can listeners find you online? So you can find me on my social media pages at Ahmed Ali12374. So that's A-H-M-E-D-A-L-I-12374. Now, before you ask me, what is the 12374? I have no idea. Because when I was when when I was doing my Gmail when I was doing my account on Gmail like uh, I can't remember now twenty years ago, Ahmed Ali wasn't available and this came up. It's not as embarrassing as any of ours. Like I'm not going to tell you mine. There is no like way. Susu in hell, like Susu underscore princess underscore. I was I was like journalist and stuff because I wanted to become a journalist. When ah, I amazing. Was a teenager. So Why like, not? That relax. I, uh, that's like yeah. uh, you know. That's like. Making it Luba happen. journalist, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Ahmed, thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed this and I enjoyed getting to know you more and your initiative. And uh, I'm sure that people who will listen to it and, and hear your passion will also be inspired by you and not think that, oh, there's something wrong with this dude. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I, I, I know a little, I'm a little bit too active. No, uh, but uh... I'm, <laughs> I'm sure there would be no, this is inspiring. We need to get on board with it. Thank you so much, Ahmed. And I'll also add the links for your initiative on the notes of the episode. Okay, great. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be on a podcast and I look forward to doing many, many more podcasts in the future, inshallah.